Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. And I thank you so much for being here today. This episode of the Puberty Prof Podcast is going to focus on the decision-making that a person needs to, to make when they have their period. And basically that's the decision of what am I going to use to collect that fluid that is naturally released by our bodies when we have a menstrual cycle. To help me out, I invited Caitlin back. Caitlin McGuire is the creator behind Bloody Awesome. She also has been on two previous episodes of the Puberty Prof podcast. And I think she's like one of the most energetic people to talk about how to be positive regarding these natural changes in our bodies, including the period. So Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be back. I love this podcast. I'm I'm really excited about the topic today too. This is going to be fun. Well, thanks again, and thanks to our listeners listening in. Uh, Caitlin, you started Bloody Awesome. Would you please tell us a little bit about your background and why you created this organization? Yeah, for sure. So I my background is actually in digital marketing. So I studied women's studies, marketing and management in college. I came out and decided to do the marketing and management route with digital marketing. And I just kept coming back to that women's studies and kept wanting to focus more on periods and and helping us normalize and celebrate those. And so I started Bloody Awesome, which uh, focuses on one, normalizing periods and two, celebrating periods. So we, one, throw first period parties. So we have I have one with me. Uh, we have a bloody awesome box. It's called. It's a basically just a box of all the things you need to throw a period party. Um, so this is meant to be a party that's thrown when you get your first period to really celebrate it and normalize it and get excited about it. And then we also host period talk classes. And the period talk is a menstruation 101 course that really goes over. Um, all the things that honestly, I wish I would have learned when I got my first period. So we talk about what is a period, what is the menstrual cycle, how will you feel, what period products you can use, so on and so forth. So we're really focused on that celebration and the education to arm young girls and young menstruators with the power to really feel positive about their bodies themselves and their periods. Well, thank you again for being here. And to our listeners, if you want to watch this episode or any of the episodes for this series, actually for 2023, I'm attempting to have all of the episodes be on my YouTube channel, which is the Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Feel free to check it out because for this particular episode, Caitlin and I are going to show products. So if you wanted to sit down with a young person or if you are a young person and you're like, you want to see what these are, join us. You know, please, again, you can listen or you can join us on the Puberty Prof YouTube channel. 
So to jump into this whole decision-making, when we talk about decision-making and if you get your period or even to prepare for your first period, there are overall four choices of what you can use. And those are pads, tampons, cups, and specific underwear that are created just to use during your menstrual, your menstrual period, if I say it like that. So, and all of these, I could say it's menstrual pads, menstrual tampons. So all of these can have the word menstrual in front. And because uh, in the schools, a lot of times schools will offer pads for free. Let's start with that one because too, if you don't know your body, you, you might feel most comfortable to wear a pad the first time you have a, a menstrual cycle or the whole entire time that you have a menstrual cycle. So do you mind showing us what a pad is, Caitlin? Yes, so I have a pad here, which you can see. Um, it's basically a uh, fabric of sorts that on the one side has like a softer fabric, on the other side is sticky. And you take the sticky side and you're gonna put it in your underwear. Oftentimes they'll have these little wings on them here that fold around the underwear to really hold the pad in place. So then as you're bleeding, this pad will collect the blood. And then once you wear it for a few hours, it'll fill up with blood. You'll take it off, fold it up and throw it away in the trash can. And most women's restrooms have those little gray boxes on the walls. That is the trash can to throw period products into. So when you're done using your product, you just fold it up, throw it away and you take out a new one and you put it back on. But this will sit in your underwear. It doesn't go inside of you. You bleed freely, it collects the blood and you throw it away when you're done. So these are disposable. They're very, very easy to use and I think are a really, really great uh, entry product. You can use them for as long as you want, but are a great first period product because they are so simple um, and intuitive in using these. Okay, so I have a fresh pair of underwear in front, I'm trying to put it in front of my screen, the blue screen or the green screen isn't working as well. But when I, when you see it on the top, there's lace and then there's where the legs come out. Where does the pad go? Yes, here, I will. These are my period panties, but we can use these. So Excellent. you have, you have the front, you have the legs go here. The pad actually goes in this thin part that goes over your vulva, oftentimes called your vagina. So if you're, oh, if you pull your underwear back and look down, if you're wearing them, you're gonna put it on this thin part of the underwear here. Um, and the way that this goes on, the sticky part goes on the underwear. It does not go on your skin. So you will peel back the pad like this, throw this away. And then you're just going to, I oftentimes do this with my legs still in the underwear. So it's a little bit stretched out and easier to put on but you're going to take it, you're gonna stick the sticky side onto this thin part of the underwear. So it goes across like that. And then you're gonna take these wings here and fold those around the thin part of the underwear. And basically that just helps one, hold the pad in place and makes it so that if you do fill up with blood and it starts to leak on the sides, the wings will catch that. So you're not getting any under um, blood on your underwear, but it sits like this and then you just, pull your underwear up and this soft part of the pad is going to sit on your vulva. 
Now, if you go to the store, you will see that there's a lot of sizes for, for pads. And basically you can, first, if you're a younger person, you look for the size of your body, like you wouldn't get the longest, biggest one if you're a smaller petite person. Uh, certainly if you have a heavier flow, there will be a size of pad that will fit your body frame, but also how much flow comes out. So there's, so there's a variety of sizes. Also, um, some of those pads are gonna have the wings, some of them do not. We attempt to not get blood on our underwear, yet I will admit I have underwear that has gotten menstrual blood. It gets washed and I know that's my period underwear. That's the stuff I'll wear if I choose to wear like a pad or use a menstrual cup or something like that. That's my period underwear to go to. And Caitlin's shaking her head, you do the same? Oh, I have so many period underwear. I, I have stained just a few. Um, mm -hmm. I think the statistic is some like 90% of women or menstruators have stained a pair of underwear at some point in time. So we are, we are in this together. I'm with you, Lori. I just mark those as period underwear and they go in the back for whenever I get my period. And that's yep. what, I, what I wear. <laughs> yep. You know, it's funny. I don't think everybody knows that like my partner, he never understood that there is different type of uh, underwear that somebody might wear because of our menstrual cycle. So it is, we're human beings. The other thing I want to point out is I will admit that for when you put that sticky stuff to your underwear, sometimes it doesn't go flat all the time. And you might accidentally have like get a pubic hair caught in that and it doesn't tickle. It's going to be a little bit of an ouch. It's not the end of the world, but just be cautious of that sticky part. Agreed. So. Yes. I also, I have a liner here just to show you guys the difference. You'll see here, I can unsticky it. So it's a little easier. This is a lot thinner than our other pads. So this would be used if you have like a heavier period, if maybe the pad is the only thing you're using. I have a really heavy period. So I'll sometimes wear a liner like this just in case my menstrual cup, which is what I use, overflows or leaks, I have a backup plan. So this is a little bit thinner, a little smaller. You might not notice it as much as if you were to wear a larger pad like this. But this is great if this is what you're using and you have a heavier flow, this will catch the blood. So here's kind of a size comparison and a thickness comparison if helpful. And like Lori said, this is on YouTube. So if you're listening in, I know it's a little hard to track because I'm showing things and you can't see. So feel free to jump on to YouTube to watch this too if you want to see the products live. One last thing I'll add on about pads is some of them will come like with plastic around them, or it might be more of a, um, a cotton um, fiber, uh, cotton material around them. And what that's used for is after you use your pad, you can wrap it with that plastic because when you take off that pad and it has the menstrual lining on it, you roll it up and some of us will put either toilet paper around it or we can use this plastic that the next clean pad comes in. Okay, so now we just talked about menstrual pads. Let's talk about tampons. And would you even mind taking out your, the, the vulva, diagram? Right. there you go. So folks who are listening, I have a pillow here, which is, looks like a vulva and I use this in my classes to help visually show what you will see if you were to look down at your vulva, which is oftentimes called the vagina, but the medical term is vulva. So that's what we'll be using today. 
But if you were to look at your vulva, if you opened your underwear and looked down, the hole closest to you is your urethra. So that is where you pee out of. That doesn't have anything to do with your menstrual cycle, and we're going to skip over that one. The one after that is a larger hole, and that is your vaginal opening. That's where the blood comes out when you have a period, and that's where a tampon goes in. So I'm going to set this down so I can show you guys a tampon, but I'll bring this back up to show how to put it in. But tampons look like this. This is a smaller tampon. So if you open it from the plastic, it's going to look like this. And what you're actually going to do is pull on this piece and you'll hear it click into place. So it, will, it won't move then. And that's going to allow you to basically hold this like a syringe. And you're going to push on this bottom part and the tampon's gonna come out. So there's a plastic and the tampon lives within it. To put this into your actual vagina, our vaginas are curved kind of back towards our back. So you don't wanna go straight up with it. If you do that, it, it could hurt. You, you're not gonna really insert it as smoothly. You wanna push it back more. So I'll use my vulva here, but you're gonna push it back into your vagina. You're gonna push on that syringe, like I had said. And then if you pull this out, the tampon is going to stay in, as you can see here. The string will hang down, which allows it to be pulled out later. And that plastic piece that you just pushed the tampon out of, that gets thrown away. Now the tampon is just gonna live in your vagina for a few hours. It collects blood, it's, it's doing its job, and when it's time to change it, you'll just pull on the string, the tampon comes out, and you'll throw that away. Now, that was a lot. Some, <laughs> I, no, and it's, I, I know when I teach this to young person, I don't know if you had the same experience, you start talking about how you need to actually place it into your vaginal opening and definitely have your clean hands so you wash your hands beforehand. But when I talk about, well, you're going to need to touch those body parts, some young people are like, oh, I don't want to touch that. And the reality is, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then that's okay. You know, eventually you might feel comfortable and be like, yeah, this is a body part. It's my vulva. That's the opening of the vagina. It's who you are. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yet I want you to feel comfortable to use a product that aligns with you, with, you know, if, if, if you want to try it, if you don't want to try it. I have had young people ask, though, that sometimes when they've tried to put in a tampon, it doesn't seem comfortable. And I think part of it is like what you had said, trying to put it in at a different angle or not having it in all the way. So a part of it, it's still at the opening of the vagina and it's kind of putting a little pressure, not like hurting pressure, but just pressure of awkwardness. Yes. Yeah, that's super common. So I think my advice on that is trial and error. Honestly, every vagina is a little different. Some are more shallow, some are deeper, and, and you need to find what is right for your body. And so when you're putting a tampon in for the first time, maybe you don't go as deep and you might feel the tampon in your vaginal opening. And it's, to, to your point, it's a little bit of pressure. It's not pain, it's just you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And that means it needs to go a little bit deeper. And that's okay, that just means you, get a new tampon and try it out again. I think we all went through this of, of what is right, what product works for me, how do I put a tampon in, what size tampon is right. So try a few out, figure out what's right for you. And if you decide tampons aren't right for you, that's why these other products exist. So there is no pressure 
to use a tampon if you're not comfortable with that, they are just another option for you to try. Another thing to realize, and Caitlin had shown one tampon container that the plunger was like in the original part. And then I have up in front of me, this is one in which the plunger is out. Um, I can even open it up to show. So it automatically comes this way. And if you see it's in the color of blue, it's like a baby blue color for the outside casing. And Caitlin had, it was a white casing. Yeah, and this one actually, I think your tampon, the diameter is wider mm -hmm. and mine's narrower. So this shows us that there's even different sizes of tampons. So if you have a heavier flow, you might go with a larger one. Yet, if you're nervous about using a larger one, start with a smaller one, you know, be gentle. Because I know for, for myself, I didn't feel comfortable wearing tampons. I just, it just didn't seem natural for me. But when I would do something like a triathlon and there's swimming in most triathlons, if I had my period, I would have a tampon, but I'd pick a smaller one. And then that would be, um, it, it looks similar to the one that Caitlin had just shown. Um, and then after some hours, and we do have to be conscious of how long we're wearing it for, but after some hours, you need to gently pull like on that string, like Caitlin said, to pull it out. But if you're using a tampon that's too big and you have a light flow, it might feel awkward taking it out like it's not fully damp. Because if it's not, um, if, if you're using a size that wasn't the best, you'll notice it. If I say it like that, does that make sense, Caitlin? Yep, that makes a ton of sense. Yes, you will, you will learn uh, how long to leave it in so that it is filled with enough blood that it's a comfortable, smooth exit. Um, I think I would add to the first time you use a tampon, I'd actually recommend also putting a pad in as well. It can be a light pad, but just so that you can learn how long can I wear this before it leaks? Or if it leaks, you have a backup plan. Cause it does take a little bit of time to say, oh, on my heavier days, I change it every hour. On my lighter days, I can wear it for four hours or whatever it is for your body. Um, so I, I think it's helpful to have that security in having a panty liner or a pad on the first few times you use a tampon so you can get a little bit more used to the amount of time it stays in. But don't leave it in for longer than eight hours that it can be harmful to your body. So make sure it is eight hours or less that it's in your body. Change it at least every eight hours. And yeah, because bacteria, we have healthy bacteria and unhealthy bacteria, and we don't want that unhealthy bacteria to grow and create any kind of infection. So we have to be conscious of to remove that. Agree. Okay, so how about we now talk about menstrual cups, which has become so popular in our country as well as other countries, because the invention of this menstrual cup has actually allowed girls in other places of the world to go to school regularly because they haven't had menstrual products. Yes, menstrual cups are, it, it's a cup. So it, this is one, um, I'm showing one on the screen. It is basically a small cup that goes into your vagina and it collects blood. So rather than a tampon, which absorbs blood, this collects blood. So when you take it out, it will actually be filled with that liquid and you're gonna pull it out of your vagina and you'll dump it in the toilet, rinse it, and then it goes right back inside. So it's reusable. You won't throw it away. 
you can use them for, I think some of them last up to 10 years, which is really cool. So they, they do last a while, which is why in developing countries where resources are, are less, this is a really awesome product that can be used over and over again. Um, it can be a little intimidating at first. Don't get me wrong. The first time I used this, I was like, how does this go in there? And how do I pull it out correctly? Um, but it's really actually pretty simple. You, you're going to push one side down and you'll fold it. So it'll get a lot smaller. And then you just go with the flow of your vagina, which like I said earlier, curves backwards. You're going to curve it back into your vagina. It'll open and it actually has little holes on the side that allows it to pretty much suction cup to the side of your vagina. So it stays in place, collects the blood. And when you're ready to take it out, you're going to put your hands into your vagina. So that is a part that sometimes throws people off, but you put two fingers up, you're going to pinch the bottom of your cup, pull it out, and it kind of just pops out and it's full of blood. You dump it, you rinse it, and you put it back in. So I think menstrual cups are really, really great. And I love mine. It's actually helped a lot with my cramps because of the pressure that it puts on my vagina. Um, but it is a little bit more advanced. So my advice would be using a tampon first or a pad or period panties, which we'll talk about shortly, in order to get used to your flow and how period products work. And then once you feel comfortable with that, kind of graduating into using a menstrual cup. Would you mind demonstrating with the puppet that you have? Oh, yes. Okay. So again, vagina's here. So you will fold your cup. I usually use two hands. You're going to fold your cup like this, and it's just going to slide right into your vagina. So you can see it here. It it will be fully inserted. And this is it's a puppet, so it doesn't go that deep, but it'll be fully inserted and it just sits up there and collects blood. And when you're ready to take it out, you put your fingers up and you pinch here, pull, and it comes right out like this. So it'll come out upright. So you can just dump it, rinse it, and put it back up. And if I'm in a public restroom and I can't get to a sink, your period blood isn't harmful to you. So as long as you washed your hands before pulling the menstrual cup out, you could just use some toilet paper, rinse it out and put it back up. If there's a little bit more blood on it and you put it in with blood on it, that's okay. That's, that's your blood. It's your body. It's, it's your period. And it was sitting in there anyway. So it actually isn't harmful to you to reinsert your cup with a little bit, little bit of blood on it, as long as you're using clean hands to take it out. And some people have asked me that, well, when you take it out, doesn't it just come pouring out right away? And it's like, no, it stays in that cup. I The first time I used mine, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pull this out and blood is going to be everywhere. And it it doesn't. It sits, you pull it, you dump it, you reinsert it. It is as simple as a tampon. Um, and I, I honestly really enjoy it and started using it when I was traveling because I never packed enough tampons. And it's been really awesome to just take that out of my mind. And it's easier to just always know I have a period product on hand versus running the risk of, of running out of pads or tampons or another product. And if you can just get your puppet again, because I wanna share a fun fact that a lot of young people will ask that if they have a menstrual cup in, cause that can be worn for half a day, that can be worn like 10 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, like, so if you have it in, can you still urinate? Can you still pee? 
Yes. So you'll see here, the cup is in here. This is your vagina. This is your urethra where you pee. So these are completely separate holes, separate parts of your body, separate functions. So the blood comes out of here and you pee out of here. So there is no blockage of you going to the bathroom while you have a cup or a tampon or anything inside your vagina. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Our body's pretty interesting. They're neat. It is just the coolest. I also, while I have this up, I think one thing that um, is related to you peeing versus your vagina is it is important when you're wiping to wipe front to back versus back to front, because that would be the only time that you might cause uh, issues or potential infection with your urethra versus your vagina because of spreading bacteria towards your urethra versus away. So you want to go like this when you're wiping versus like this. And for those of you that are interested in a menstrual cup, but you're still trying to figure it out, you might choose to get a disposable cup. A disposable cup, um, like it, it sounds, you can't wear it repeatedly. You wear it once and you dispose of it. But to use it, it's easier. You just squish it kind of like, like for the other one, you kind of fold it in. For this one, you just squish it. So, uh, And then you put it into the vaginal opening. And it's magic. It like it just fits against your your cervix, which that's where the menstrual fluid is coming out. And after a period of time, you remove it. So and the same thing will happen where it'll collect the fluids right in that little cup area. Again, it's usable only once, but it's something to try out before you try out like the actual one, um, because like Caitlin had said before, some people will go from a tampon to using this, but it is your own personal preference. So I know when I started using a menstrual cup, I felt more comfortable with that than a tampon. And I didn't expect that, but I was like, yeah, this just seems like it just, I don't feel it as much in my body for some reason. Yeah, it definitely is a little bit more discreet in that you don't, I don't really notice it as much when I have it in. And I think part of that is because there's no string and there's nothing in my underwear. It's just resting just internally and you can't really see it. Um, yeah. Final thing I'll say about the menstrual cup, you'll see the one I used has a, a straight uh, tab at the bottom, which you can pull on to help pull it out. The I think it's the Flex Cup, um, which I don't have with me now, but that brand their menstrual cup actually has a little loop at the end. So you can put your finger into it and pull and it makes it a little easier to come out. So I would highly recommend checking out that brand if you wanted um, a menstrual cup that's a little easier to take out or you're nervous about trying one that doesn't have a loop to pull on. It can just make it a little easier to, to take it out of your body. Yeah, thanks for recommending that because there are so many different types of, like we said, there's pads, tampons, and menstrual cups. And it's not just one because for menstrual cups too, I know originally they were advertised as for people that had a baby or didn't have a baby because there can be yes. different sizes. Because once you have a baby, your cervix will potentially alter a little bit in size or shape and they'd recommend a different size for a menstrual cup. Yes, yes. So pay attention to the size that you're purchasing and there, honestly, when I first got my menstrual cup, I had to buy it online. And this was like eight years ago. And now there's an entire section of them at Target. So they are becoming way more popular and way more accessible. And so I would recommend going into the store and 
you can physically see how big they are and and the structure of them. Um, and it may make your decision a little easier if this is a product that you're looking to try. Now, last but not least is the menstrual underwear. And I had an episode that's somewhat similar to this one. I had a former student of mine, Margot, go over menstrual products and we talked about the menstrual underwear. I personally have never used it. She didn't either. And to me, it's like a weirder because of how I was raised and not having it accessible. But I know that people in other countries, they're even seeing advertisements on their, like for television, there's all of a sudden a commercial or on buses they'll advertise this menstrual underwear. So tell us about that, that option for people with periods. Yeah, I have used it and I love them. They're awesome and the technology kind of blows my mind. So basically it is, these are thicker because these are my overnight ones, but it is normal underwear. You can get them to be more of like a, a normal underwear like this. They have underwear that are thongs. You can get swimsuits now that are menstrual swimsuits, which is really cool. So this is basically the way that it works is you have, it feels like normal underwear, but where it rests on your vulva, there is a liner on the inside that catches blood similar to the way that a pad would. So instead of having to put a pad on your underwear, these just collect the blood for you. You can wear them for a few hours, a whole day, however heavy your period may be. And when you're done with them, you just take them off, rinse them, and you wash them in the wash like you would wash any piece of clothing. So this is a really great product for people who maybe don't want to wear a pad. Um, if you enjoy wearing thongs versus like full underwear, this is really great because a lot of times pads don't work with those um, types of underwear. Uh, it's also great if you like to swim and you don't want to use a tampon. The, the period panty swimwear is super, super awesome. It works um, and it allows you to bleed freely while swimming without running the risk of leaking into the water. So uh, there are a lot of really great options for period underwear. I know like NYX is a big brand. Uh, period is another period panty uh, company that I've used before, but I think I would encourage many people to try these because it's low risk. They're pretty comfortable. And um, personally, I use them overnight because I have a really heavy period. So I will wear period underwear with my menstrual cup in case it does overflow overnight. I'm just sleeping in normal underwear, um, but it's really comfortable and it catches blood. So I'm not staining sheets or pajamas or whatnot. Because that's a, a thing that happens to a lot of us too. Just like Caitlin and I had said that we have underwear that has some stains from previous menstrual cycles. Same thing can happen on your sheets because sometimes you will actually, you'll be laying in a certain position. And if you're wearing a pad or, or a tampon, whatever, it's a heavier flow, you might get some fluid onto your sheets. You just clean it off, or you can also lay a towel on top of the sheet where you're laying for that night because for human things happen. It's not the end of the world too, if it happens. So uh, I do wanna bring up one thing. You reminded me of this. Um, one thing when we have our periods, sometimes we might have a product that we're wearing or using and we have to be aware of smells. Like if you're wearing a pad for too long, it actually will start having a not so nice smell because it's this fluid that's been collecting. If you look at it as it's, it's like when somebody 
goes for a run or something and they're wearing this t-shirt that they just sweated upon and the sweats in their in their armpit area and it's stinky that can happen too for other body parts um, have you heard anything about what companies have done to eliminate or lessen any of the smells regarding the underwear so i think the way most of the um underwear is built is that it has like a like a wicking fabric on top that catches the blood in between. So it creates a barrier between your skin and the blood and kind of traps the smell in there. Mm -hmm. So you're able to wear these underwear for a full day without noticing that they are filling with blood or, or um, really having any odor coming from there. One thing I will say is some tampon companies are coming out with fragrance tampons and those can be really, really harmful to your body. Um, fragrance is actually, you're not supposed to be using fragrance on your vagina. You shouldn't be using any strong smelling soaps because it strips your body of that natural bacteria. So while I think it sounds great on paper because it, it might mask the smell a bit more, the reality is, is that it can actually be harmful. And if you are noticing a strong odor, I would recommend changing your tampon more frequently or changing your pad more frequently or your underwear, whatever the product you're using versus trying to use more of those like fragrance focused products. Thank you for bringing that up because I know that there's even been commercials about products that, you know, if you have a not so nice smell or feeling and it's like, okay, we're having fluids come out of our vaginal opening. It's a natural thing. And if it's a smell that isn't very nice, like maybe you are wearing a product or using a product for too long, but you might also have an infection, which we want you to go to a medical professional. Having a cover-up, because um, I saw something, I'm forgetting what the product was, but it's like, it's cranberry scented. And I'm like, but your vulva doesn't smell like cranberry naturally. So why would you it's, you don't need an air freshener for your vulva. So it's, it's going to have its own scent and it's, it's okay. You know, if you have an infection, please go get it checked out, but you're going to, the scents happen in our body. So please embrace the healthier scents and try not to cover them up with fake ones. Totally agree. I think I have a sticker on my laptop that says it's a vagina. It should smell like one. And that is, that is the truth. It is. And like, I, I encourage you to pay attention to the smell of it normally, because sometimes you might get an infection and it may smell different. And that's a sign of go to the doctor, but your everyday smell is normal. It's, it's natural. We all have one. So like, that's, that's okay. And it, it's hurtful to mask it. So embrace it. We're all doing it. You're not alone. This is a normal, natural part of life. So to recap what Caitlin and I went over today, we went over what the choices or options are for a person that has their period. So that time when the menstrual lining is coming out of their vaginal opening, we went over four different general products, which is the menstrual pads. There's a variety of sizes with wings or without wings. Uh, and then menstrual tampons, again, a variety of sizes, uh, menstrual cups, variety of types, a few sizes out there, um, and then menstrual underwear, which there's so much more variety these days. And there's even like, they'll have the boy short kind of one, like the thong. Briefs, they have briefs, pajamas. Okay. Okay. So there's so many more options out there. So if you are a young person and you're wondering what to do, 
think about like a decision-making model of, well, these are my choices. This is how I live my life. What might I want to try first? Certainly the first one you use in your life isn't necessarily the one you have to stay with. You can have variety and, and depending upon where you are in your life, you might choose something else over convenience. You know, it is going to be more convenient. Um, or you can stay with the same thing for your whole life. But please consider what's going to work best for you if there's a cost factor, if there's a comfort level. Because as Caitlin has expressed in this episode, as well as previous ones, that this is a part of natural going through puberty stuff for those of us that have a menstrual cycle and embrace it. Yes, it is normal. It's natural and it's your body. So you get to choose what works best for you and, and it's your decision to make. So I, I encourage you to try different products or try one if it works. There's no pressure to use them all. I think it's, it's more about finding what makes you happy and, and what fits with your body. Caitlin, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or wants to get one of those period boxes, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can either go to our website, which is IamBloodyAwesome.com, uh, or you can find us on Instagram at BloodyAwesome.co, or you can email me at Caitlin.McGuire at BloodyAwesome.co. Um, I am always happy to answer questions. This is my favorite topic to talk about, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, and so I would love it if you reached out. Um, we, I'm always happy to hear from people. And it's just been so fun to be on the podcast today. So Lori, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And maybe in the future, we can play uh, period bingo because you have that game on your website. Yes, period bingo is one of the games for that first period. It's in our first period box. You can also buy it separately, but um, it's super fun and goes through all the terms that um, I think first menstruators should know. So it's a little bit of education, a whole lot of fun. Excellent. So that I would love to have you back on to do that one day. We should definitely play. It's, it's a hoot. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again for joining us and to our listeners please feel free to get in touch with Caitlin. I really love the thought that she's attempting to have people look at their periods, their menstrual cycles as a positive event, not the way that I was raised as, oh, oh, this is going to happen again. I don't like this. Like this is a natural thing. So why not embrace it and recognize your body is cleansing itself out and perhaps one day if you choose to and can, it can be a way for uh, to, to have a child to actually get pregnant and have a, have a child. So I thank you for listening in. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please go to pubertyprof at gmail.com or pubertyprof.com and check out the Talk Puberty app if you wanna go over some of these products because they're referred to in the Talk Puberty app. Again, I thank you, Caitlin, for being here. Thank you, thank you. This has been so great. And thanks to our listeners. And I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. 
There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.